Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC, and is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Hello and welcome to yet another fine episode of Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. As always, I am Matthew, your host, and I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. What have I told you about changing the intro? And Scott. We fear change. We don't like change. Embrace it. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the monitor just went insane. Just then. <laughs> Almost. Well, level actually, it out. Level actually, it out. The pod person inside me needed to. Uh... Uh, actually, you did a pretty good job not like completely blowing out the mic. Oh, no. I, I, I Trust me. I've made a, enough weird noises in, in the, in the, in the past. Scott knows how to scream like a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's on my resume. It's the oh, fourth okay. skill down. Um Hello, everyone. Um, if you understand why these two gentlemen have started to fear change, you probably have realized with our previous episode, we have a new intro, uh, a new greeting, and basically we are have become a new and improved polyhedron. And that is all thanks to our listeners and most importantly, our patrons. They have been able to provide us the money we needed to get new content for the show, which means thank you very much. We had to pay for music. It was crazy. And yet, we still don't have, have that $40, $40 hold music. music. Well, $40 a month will get us that $40 hold music. Are you holding out on us, Malice? Nope. Oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no, no. That's legitimacy. We all know it's legitimacy. legitimacy. We're almost there, man. No, We're almost uh, there. I, thank you very much. This has really helped us a lot. It's really let me a few new things. Hopefully, if not, probably next episode or two, you'll actually probably see us on Twitch. Uh, we're actually going to be live streaming, live recording our episodes, so you'll be able to interact with us in the chat on I'm Twitch. S- I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. Oh my yeah. god. I'm a, I'm yeah, such a goofy looking fucker. Oh my we god. We're, I'm a goofy looking dude. We really, yeah. <laughs> okay. It, I mean, if this is what you all want. Uh, it, it will be just fine. Have a cool overlay. It'll be fine. Um, so please uh, put your eyeballs on social media. I'll let everyone know when exactly that's going to happen. Uh, it may be a little bit of a fluid schedule when we record until we can like solidly iron something out. Waste your Twitch Prime prescription on us. Yeah. Waste it. You get a freebie. You Trust do. me. I, once I, once we become affiliated, I'll let everyone know. It's not automatic. I see. Yeah, yeah you have to... You have to There's, establish yourself. You have to stream a bunch. Stuff. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's easier than it ever has been, but mm-hmm. you don't get it immediately. But anyways, how has everyone's week been? Uh, I mean, it's it's the holiday time to date the podcast. Uh, we're uh, the week right before Christmas, He's so... Right. Scott's holding the, his glass right now like there's gin in it. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> there is gin. gin. No, um, uh, yeah, it's no. the most Christmassy drink. It's, it's like it pine is, trees. It is. It's just holly jolly, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm all right. I, I really want the weekend to be here because uh, you know work sucks, yep. and I don't. Yeah. You know, just tired, tired of this this year. This year has been really hard on everybody, and it I really think, has. and I and I really like Christmas, like a good, like every good Jewish boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go up and just you know have a really nice, relaxed time in the mountains. That sounds and really eat a fun. lot of food. Yep, I'm I'm going to take advantage of a Christmas dinner at a swanky ass restaurant with my parents. Uh, nice. As well, uh, yes. Woo! Oh, they're taking us out to a real nice place. 
like unbelievably nice. So I'm looking forward to that. My uh, parents will be having Chinese food at the temple. I mean, that's tradition, right? <laughs> as it, as <laughs> that it is, is right and proper. Apparently, the the of uh, the temple of Columbus, Georgia, now just does a mass Chinese food, bringing in Chinese food for all the Jewish people, so you can come have a social gathering. I, I almost kind of want to go there. I mean, that be sounds amazing. I mean, I, I know the restaurant they're getting it from. It's pretty cash. Their general says chicken's the best I've ever had. Nice. It'll make your blood sugar go into four digits, though. Oh. <laughs> well, it's sugar chicken. I mean, it is. Oh, it's the sugariest chicken. It's wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, like every year we we go out to eat uh, like most families, but we now are doing Fogo de Chao. So it's oh, not only shit. not only is it really nice food, it's also really fast. So we're not there for like four hours. Well, like You don't run out of things to talk. Make about sure you relatives. don't eat for a day. There's a re- <laughs> there's a red light, green light system. Of course, yeah. you're you're in and out. Uh, Fogo de Chao, for those people who aren't uh, Atlantean, yep. uh, is a Brazilian steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's a very high scale one. So it's really good meat and it just keeps coming. Yep. You can also pay $25 for the quote-unquote salad bar, which has, like, every which kind of seafood salad and, like, charcuterie. Charcuterie, yeah. And it's basically a normal meal you'd get, like, anywhere else at any other restaurant. So if you don't like the nice meat, which is but a buffet, you yeah. can just go to the, it's the really salad good. buffet and be hey, perfectly Hey, fun. like sashimi? There's a there's a three-foot pile of sashimi. There it is. Pretty much. It's, it's, it's salmon, but, like, it's it's good. But anyway, game. Gaming. Gaming. I've been but gaming. Gaming-wise, what have you guys been up to the last week? Uh, I have been playing the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game. I think I'm Ooh, getting it for Christmas. That? Oh, it's pretty good. Is it good? I'm it's excited. Good. I, I, like, okay, so it's not a really a huge spoiler. Within five minutes of playing that game, you fight Thanos. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's well, really good. Well, you got it. There's a, oh, I guess there's press X to get down. Yeah, press X to get down. Um, that's got very true. Got to press uh, X to get down. It's really fun. It's actually a really fun fight. Uh, and I won't go into it anymore, but like the fact that you fight Thanos, the very first thing is actually like, it's not a throwaway thing. Like it's yep. not, it's not, it's not, it, it's a big part of the story. Um, so yeah, no, it's been fun. It's been a fun game. It's not MCU continuity. Um, and it's closer to like the actual comic book character designs, uh, but it's clearly been made with the movies in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you know the movies, you won't be. They won't. They don't throw any curveballs at you. Uh, that isn't. You get the general gist if you've seen the movies, and you will enjoy this if you play. And it's a good Telltale game. There's actually some really interesting choices that you can make. Um, yeah, no, I've been having fun with it. Good. I've been playing The Witcher 3, and I found, so it was a funny moment I had earlier this week, because I haven't been playing it terribly long, like, day in the number of days in which I've been playing. I'm just like, man, this, this first 10 hours has been, like, a really, really solid first 10 hours. Oh, my God, I've been playing 25 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You got, you, you got that open world time dilation. It's it's true. And, you know, it's like, oh, man, fast travel makes it easy. Oh, the horse, it's fast. Oh, God, oh my God, I've been here for three hours. I mean, and I just, hear everywhere nice. you turn, there's a quest. There's a lot of qu- there's a million quests. There's a million contracts. There's a million alchemy recipes. Crafting, the crafting system is like overly robust. So you can there's literally like multiple choices for equipment at every single level, and you find the diagrams everywhere. And the cra- my crafting, where all your craft shit is. First of all, craft shit doesn't have a weight. So mm-hmm. you can carry as much of it as you want. Ah. And my grid for it is like six by. Th- 40 Jesus. or something just full of shit. So you you've got you've got all the all and the And I don't always have what did I need. Did you get the expansion Ooh. as well? I have not yet. Because I heard that's basically a whole nother game 
inside Witcher Three. Oh, the Wild Hunt. Yeah, I got I when I I got it off a of Steam sale, so I got the Game of the Year edition, which had the 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 expansion on it. I get to touch it. Just because... Well, strap in, motherfucker, when you do, because you're going to be there for a minute. I bet. I bet. I mean, I will say, though, like, I'm t- uh, Geralt is a Mary Sue, and there's no question about it. Um, he always has the right quip. He, I mean, given... I will give The Witcher 3 this. It's like, you may think you're making the right choice, but it's not always the right choice. Like, people can lie to you and like the consequences cannot always be, you know, what you think they're going to be. Straightforward, that's cool. It's straightforward. And I'm told the books are just like utterly ridiculous <laughs> from one or two people who have actually read them. Mm. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Also, I like fucking witches. Who didn't like that? I mean, who don't who don't like it? Who don't like fucking witches? And uh, I kind of deep dived into something particular that's been going around the internet. Um, it's called Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Um, I saw 30 minutes of that game and it made me want to throw myself off a bridge. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, I saw five minutes of it of like a Jacksepticeye or Markiplier play it and I immediately understood exactly what this game was all about. The only thing you get in, you bring into this game is what you bring into this game. Except for the weird, you know, dude talking to you the whole time, trying to like soothingly talk to you while playing music that's making fun of you. He's always slightly making fun of you and poking at you, but really what it is is he's like, why are you basically he's saying? Why are you getting angry at a video game? Everything you need to solve to fix to get to the end of this game, you have it. Because your controls are dick, Bennett Foddy. That's why it, it, the, the idea is it is intentionally supposed to be a hard game. This is not a, it's an unapologetically hard game. I have no interest in and that. And that's fine. It's not for it's everyone. Nonsense. It's not. Yeah, you are I, not a lesser person for not wanting to play. Yeah, it. that that sounds like hard game plus like light mockery. That'll that'll make me throw my monitor through a fucking window. Oh, uh, I lit, I almost uh, broke this table in half, and I uh, and I get the game, and yeah. I wanted to break yeah. my desk. And, when, in and, half. When I, and just for you listening audience, when I said the controls are dick, he nodded sagely. I'm just saying he, <laughs> he agrees with me. The controls make are the reason the game's hard, which it, doesn't make it good. And because all all the controls are is literally just the mouse. That's all it is. There's no buttons. There's no clicking. There's no nothing, and it's just the mouse. And the delay of where the mouse goes and where your hammer, because you're literally a dude in a pot and you have a hammer to get up a mountain. And the and stick the hammer's on doesn't, like the half doesn't affect things, but the head does. Right. Only the head does. And where your body, if your butt hits something, it changes when, changes the physics. And if your head hits something, it changes the physics. And the materials you put the hammer on changes the physics of how you interact with it. Or you could just go play Rocket League and actually smile. Yeah. And- <laughs> Uh, there are people who speed run it within two and two and a half minutes. So it's, it's amazing. Wow. Well, uh, you know, I guess they're just. Do they not have jobs? Um, it's 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 utterly amazing. Well, some some people's brains work in that mode. I see. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're right. I do know people who's who can get into a mode where it's just like they can solve it. They understand that the physics it's, it's of it. It's the flow of motion and keeping your momentum let, up let, and knowing the shortcuts between. Let me guess. Stages. Let me guess. The, in the speed run, they literally never stop moving. Yes, it, it's always they, they almost never stop moving. You can't because the forward momentum is so, is such an important yes. part of it that you can't stop moving yep. no matter what. Yep. Speaking of games where people talk to you, um, I know I've recommended this to you, Matthew. Uh, there's a game called The Beginner's Guide. Yes. Uh, have you ever played that? I've started some of you it. You need to play that game. And it's not really a game in a traditional sense. It's a walking simulator game. Yeah. But for anyone who has any pretensions of 
being a game designer or being involved with games on a more than just casual level should play that game. It will fuck with your head in a very unpleasant way, but when you've gone through it, you kind of get it. What really sold me on Bennett Fadu is very along those lines because the entire time that he's talking to you, he's not, he's somewhat mocking you, but he's also explaining why he made the game he way he made it. It's because he's like, I'm trying to make it this to be a game for people that like hard game. It's a massacre game, which means mm-hmm. it's a masochistic hardcore game. It is not designed for everyone. It's not designed to hold your hand. He's not trying to be, he's a little bit pretentious about it. Mm-hmm. That's to be understood. That's part of how the appeal of it. But what really got me was there's an end of the game that basically makes you click of, uh, you solemnly swear not to stream this, the ending to this game, because there's something at the end if you beat it that showcases the rest of his philosophy. And I'm like, that to me was like, that compels me to want to finish the game because I haven't seen the ending to this game. Now, I've been busy and haven't been able to play it, but I want to get to the end. I'm going to find the guy who did it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see it. You can. I'm sure someone did not said said they weren't going to stream it, but then totally oh, people did. People have. Uh, people have. I've accidentally glimpsed like a fragment of it. I know I'm a wa- I'm a watch it because fuck that guy. Yep, it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm, he, an, he, I'm I'm in a rebellious mood. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's what I've been doing in gaming besides playing Hearthstone because dungeon runs are are hilariously fun. I I, I got a, I played a little bit of the dungeon runs. I I just I've been watching streams, dude. I just don't have the the fire in me to keep playing i don't i just it went out in me it was a year it was a real strong year it's okay it, you'll come and go that's how it goes well that's that's all the thing it's like i was spending literally every damn second of gaming time doing it it's like oh my god how many games could i have played how many single player games could i have run through if i had just put this game down for a while and just focus and the answer is actually kind of a, a bunch and mm-hmm. I remember it's like, oh, wait, I like playing games. That have stories. That and... have a story and a single-player mm-hmm. thing. And the dungeon runs are cool because they are a single-player thing and no, there's no humans involved other than yourself. There's nothing risky, There's nothing to risk uh, involved in them. And can you do you complete quests normally off of all of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, complete quests. Boo. So they're just there for pure fun. That's all they are. So um, what I got for Kelly, my wife, this year for Christmas birthday uh, because of I got her what she wanted, which was a computer that uh, can run Modern WoW real good. Oh, and so yay. And so that, that means she's going to start playing it again. Oh, Mur- no. Murphy told means, me no. Yeah. Murphy told and, me no. Well, no, so that means I'm not going to see my wife ever for a while. What, what did you do? I didn't. What, what do you did mean you what do? I do? He allowed her to I, play I World of Warcraft. I got her a thing that she wanted, and it means that she's going to disappear from my life. Oh, I love you. you. <laughs> baby. I love you, baby. Baby, I miss you. <laughs> baby, I miss you. <laughs> it's been two days. Baby, come back. <laughs> baby, come back. Kind of uh, yeah, no, actually, the computer is due to come in tomorrow. Uh, we got the monitor today. Uh, so yeah, that yeah, would be I a thing. I don't do MMOs anymore, and there's a really good reason for it. That with the same fervor with which I attacked The Witcher. Like I, I, I will attack a, an MMO, and yeah. there's a bit more of a treadmill involved with that that I will not resist. And I burned. I had 2,400 hours on a World of Warcraft character internet. I know that's not much for some of you, you weirdos, but it's a lot that I did it. You've done your time. I did my damn you time. Did your time. Fucking eleventh server kill on uh, Blackwing Lair uh, on Earthen Ring, I think. Anyway. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's a thing that's happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry. Actually, I'm so sorry, Scott. We, we I'm sorry. It's okay. It's what she wanted, and I love her, and I hope that she remembers that. <laughs> uh, we may be doing similar thing for Linda, maybe getting her own office with her own, because she wants to start streaming more, cool. doing more stuff like that, so we may be getting her desktop. Because she's using my old laptop, and that's uh, several years old now, so it can't really do the thing we need it to do, but she uh, needs it to do. Yeah, no, you can find pretty good deals on Newegg. They, yep. like, I saved about 200 bucks on uh, on what I got her. I got a crazy new work laptop, 16 cool. gigabyte MacBook Pro. Oh, shit. It's crazy. All okay. right. But anyway, on a, to the topic stuff, of hand. But it's not Linux, so. I mean, mm. uh, until it's X, which is kind, It's Nix enough. It's Nix enough. Um, okay, so topic at hand. Uh, as mentioned previously, uh, one of our lovely patrons uh, gave us the idea of doing basically episodes that are deep dives mm-hmm. uh, into various role-playing settings. So we are going to cap off that series, a game, uh, long- actually it's a game line, we're doing three of these, they might not be in order uh, in terms of release schedule, but we are going to be doing three of them, we're doing the three games of the Trinity Universe. Um, which like pulling the curtain back a little bit, there was some back and forth. We were supposed to do something else today. Yeah. I can do this whenever I want. <laughs> I t- I was, it takes no preparation time for me. I, I skimmed through the book that we're going to go through for like an hour before getting here to as for prep time. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember all of this. Um, I'm just here to crack wise. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I remember um, bits and pieces actually of the three timelines essentially of the trinity continuum which is basically what we're talking about mm-hmm. adventures the one to know the remember the least of and, just because of when it falls and everything and we are starting with adventure which is weird because adventure uh there are three games in the trinity universe line there's uh there's uh trinity uh initially known as aeon but then it got its name changed to trinity because of uh of disputes with mtv viacom and in its new edition it's going to be aeon again because yep. they think that they can get away with it this time which i hope they can because uh, it was a very bad movie and that was the first well, game how's viacom doing yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that was the first game that game that was released it was the it was the sort of near future sci-fi space opera kind of game uh and then the next game to be released was aberrant uh, which was sort of a modern era superhero yep. uh, game. And then Adventure, it was the final game. Uh, and it is a 1920s pulp adventure, like Indiana Jones, The Shadow, uh, Doc Savage. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon kind of game. Less Flash Gordon because there's 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 not much spacey stuff. Right, but it's, it's all in based the same. On, it's well, all, but it's it, in that sort of genre. Yeah. Um, uh, Trinity w- Trinity slash Aeon was released in 1997. Aberrant was released in 1999, and Adventure uh, was released in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that sort of reverse order uh, release chronologically uh, in our world and their world, uh, we're going to go with Adventure first. Um, I think that it's best to build this from the and the way the story goes as opposed to the release order of the books. Yeah, uh, to, to to pull back a curtain a little bit so that you understand because we may actually not do it justice. There's a lot of story that you you start seeing in Trinity that as you go back in time, they start showing you the foundations of where those things come mm-hmm. from, and you don't really get the source of it until you hit adventure, adventure. and adventure is really the groundwork in which the rest of human history in the Trinity continuum yeah. goes forward. I mean, well, I mean, pretty easy to say this. If you're telling a story backwards, it's a hell of a lot easier to make everything make sense. Yeah, right? it really does. Yeah. It really does. The but prequels. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, kind of. 
Kind of, sort of. We'll talk about that during Patreon content. Oh, yeah. We're talking Star Wars on the Patreon content, y'all. Get ready for that nonsense. You want to hear us talk about Star Wars? It's going to happen. You want to give us a buck. Even if it's for a month, give us a buck. Uh, We're going to fight. It's going to be great. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so some science-y stuff to sort of give you a grounding. Uh, Because all three of the games work together. They're a cohesive story. It's probably one of the biggest meta plot um, games that White Wolf ever did. Even their World of Darkness, which had a very big meta plot, this was the most sort of cohesive, single unit, it all worked together meta plot. The most, one of the most approachables. One of the most approachables and the more fleshed out. It was just a very... Well, there isn't a god that's also a guy that's also a place? No. Well, yeah. kind of, yes, but... That, we're not going to get into that. Well, we're not... Well, that's when we talk about Aberrant. Um, Fair enough. But it, but this one is, it's less abstract, it's less trying to pull upon, like, more biblical allegory, yeah, no, and this one is like, no, we actually have a start point. He did a thing, some other stuff happened. Yeah. Some weirder stuff then started happening, yeah. and then some well, other Well, actually, stuff actually some, some of the weirdest shit happens in Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, it... This game line, the Trinity Universe, is actually completely materialist. Uh, there are no gods, there's no fairies, there's no yep. there's no everything. Everything is explainable by the science in the system, in in, in, in the thing. Um, and to sort of give a, a sort of a baseline of the underlying science that we're dealing with here, um, it kind of, the, the most important scientific uh, bit of knowledge that you need to be grounded in is the idea of the grand unification theory. Um, the idea that there are these fundamental forces of reality, you know, uh, gravity, electromagnetism, and the strong and weak nuclear forces. Yeah, the quantum theory, yeah. Uh, quantum theory, yeah, quantum theory is another another thing. Uh, and, you know, even to this day, because this is, you know, 10 years or so ago, and science goes at such a breakneck pace, there are still holes in this, the grand unification theory and in the fun, and the, the fundamental forces. We still don't entirely understand Unfortunately, it. unified field, it's unified field theory, yeah. and it's... The things, the things that work at the, the that scale, at the mm-hmm. you know those forces scale, do not always function the same way when you get to the scale of a planet, and that drives scientists up the fucking wall. Oh yeah, when it gets very big or very small, things get fucked up. Now, sort of the MacGuffin of the Trinity Universe uh, is that at some point in the future, a fifth fundamental force is discovered that ties it all together. Is yep. it Moxie? Uh, kind of. Uh, that that's we'll we'll talk about that that specific uh, when we talk about uh when we get more into adventure specific in the in the what it actually is, which is they find this out in Trinity, which is the first game released, which is far far, far in the far future, in the future, a couple hundred years in the future. It's psi. Uh, it is a particle that. It is an omnipresent particle that that is a unifying force between all of the other fundamental forces, and it is accessible and manipulatable by conscious minds. And the funny thing, it's basically the force. It's the force. It it's is the, the force. force. But it's the force explained, I think, cooler than fucking midichlorians. Oh, that's um, absolutely true. Because it had, Not has, a single mention, eh? Not a single <laughs> mention. But, I mean, it does mean that certain people are genetically, genetically disposed to having a, a deeper connection to it and all that stuff. So that's what's actually going on. Uh, and we'll talk about more of that when we talk about aberrant and adventure, because in that in the line of that, that's when humanity is understanding this more. Now, in the context of adventure, 
Uh, all of this is very sketchily understood. The scientists. This is also very super 1930s, 20s. Yeah, it's, it's set in the 1920s, so it's all pseudoscience. They don't really know what they're talking about. Everyone talks very fast. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's they the scientists of the era have sort of discovered this, and they call it telluric energy. Yes, it's the energy of the Earth, um, and the the key point, the point that where where basically the Trinity universe and our our history diverge, is in 1922, a man by the name of Dr. Calvin Hammersmith uh, invites a scientists, academics, explorers, adventurers, athletes, adventurers you know, the, the, the great and the good, as it were, to his London uh, house. The extraordinary gentleman. The extraordinary gentleman of the era, to his house, to showcase his greatest, newest invention, the Telluric Engine, which is basically a zero-point energy machine that, that draws this cosmic energy from the universe, uh, and it's going to revolutionize everything. Right. Oh, man. This sounds like a setup for a whoopsie. Oh, yeah. Big old oh, whoopsie. Isn't that the founding of what they call the Aeon Society? It is not the founding oh, that's of the after Aeon Society. That? Matthew, I, why, don't you, why don't you let the big one right, talk? All right, all right, all right, all right, all uh, right. Yeah, I, gotta, to... I know some of it, so I need to need to speak up where I can. Hence, right. I haven't tried at all. Good. <laughs> so uh, so he, he invites all of these people um, over to his house in London. Uh, and begins to show off his great and glorious thing, and it and it works uh, until the batteries reach capacity, and then things start going wrong, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not very sure exactly what happened. There's some there's there's maybe there was some sabotage involved. It's never really confirmed. Yep, uh, there was some sabotage involved, um, uh, and the machine explodes, um, and due to the heroic self sacrifice. Uh, of Dr. Calvin Hammersmith, he 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 gets up in his own machine and and puts the, some these dampers on that gives uh, uh some of the people a chance to escape. The rest of the people are fucking incinerated, uh, and and it's it's a bad time. Now there were a number of people at this at this experiment and this exp- exhibition, but the two that we care about most in the grand terms of the story uh, is. Maxwell Mercer, mm-hmm. who is an explorer, philanthropist, uh, you know, uh, old money inheritor yep. kind of guy, and a guy named Michael Donegal, who is a uh, an, um, he is a, a scientist uh, and uh, explorer. Very, very similar backgrounds between the yeah, two of very them. men of their time, men of their time, uh, very much, uh, and they are right there in the center of it when everything goes goes down. Uh, Mercer disappears. Yep. Uh, he doesn't show up for about a half a year, uh, and Donegal, he's around. He was there as well, uh, and basically what this means, what we come to find out, is that these two gentlemen, more so than anyone else, got the full dose of this backlash of telluric energy, uh, and that is an incredibly important point for the overall story, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll get into that uh that that that'll all kind of get coming come in the fullness of time. What the full ramification of that is, but a year about a year later, 
Uh, a couple of the people of some of Max's friends, including Donegal, are looking for him. They don't know where he goes. About a half a year later, he shows back up. He kind of has amnesia, but he also has like this idea. like He knows what he needs to do. He's got um, weird memories that aren't memories. He's got weird memories. He's got memory issues, but he has a, a definite idea. He knows what he needs to do with his life and what he needs to get his friends to help him do. He needs to found something called the Aeon Society okay. for Gentlemen. Uh, and what the Aeon Society for Gentlemen is a, uh, it's an explorer society. It's all about going around the world, discovering the secrets of the past, ex- discovering all these strange new things that are happening in the wake of the Hammersmith explosion. Because there's a lot of weird shit happening. Yeah, because I think over the time period that Mercer's gone, his friends, because they're looking for him, they're actively mm-hmm. looking for him, they're using their money and everything. Mm-hmm. They're going around the world and... They're starting to see weirder and weirder mm-hmm. stuff. They're mesmerists. Yeah, people people with strange abilities. Pa- the weird war- creatures. Weird creatures, like pocket, like like kind of like the in the Marvel universe. You have the Savage Land, where it's a, like there's just dinosaurs in this place in the Antarctic. There's there's something called the dinosaur swamp. Yep, like weird things with time are happening. The world has undergone. A really strange change. Weird technologies are being developed by random people. Exactly. So the Aeon Society is all about getting a handle on this, uh, cataloging everything, uncovering the secrets of the world, uh, and also uh, combating the people who may be misusing these abilities or misusing the technology, who want to... The the Aeon Society's goal is they want to give men wings. They want to allow everyone to chart their own destiny. They want a world of true freedom, of true uh, you know, of science, of reason, uh, and liberty. Right. Uh, and they want and they believe that the best way to go about this is to uncover every secret and make that commonly available for every man, woman, and child. And this on the is planet. a society I think mostly not mostly European because I think Mercer is from Europe. Birth, no, Mercer is from America. He's, oh, okay. uh, it's based in Chicago. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was European-based or if it mm-hmm. was American-based. But these are people from all around the world. Too. All around the world. He goes around uh, getting the best and the brightest. Uh, and it's called the Aeon Society for Gentlemen. Uh, but they, Mercer makes a very big point of, a, like, you know what? Women are extraordinary, too. He basically just, like, reads the riot act. Anyone says, like, well, why are ladies involved in this endeavor? And he basically tells them to go fuck themselves. Well, and also the ladies show up and start, like, beating ass and impressing yeah, everyone they- because they're exceptional people, mm-hmm. too. Um, which gets into more slightly the mechanics because they mm-hmm. start seeing somewhat of a consistency of different types yeah they're, of they're, these beings they are, or they types are, of yes uh, they are seeing uh, they as, as they begin to catalog the strange weird things that are happening uh, they are beginning to see that mankind has started to sort of diversify there's three main types um, that they're they are identifying um, the first is known as stalwarts uh, and these are v- very powerful beings that have like dynamic external forces like like the skin of bronze of Doc yes. Savage or the ability to fly um, or, or just massive intelligence. Uh, people with like they're they're quite a, sort of larger than life heroes uh, and, 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 and villains um, yeah. like with the strange almost magical abilities. 
Um, the second type are known as mesmerists, and they have the powers of the mind. You know, they 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 can read thoughts, they can influence emotion, they can move things, they can with move their things, mind. they can see through things. They they have mostly mem- mental fo- focused powers. The, the third th- type is sexy vampires. I mean, yeah, that too. Uh, but you're, you're th- close. You're, you're close. close. You're, you're, the third type is close. actually less less easy to quantify because yep. they don't seem to have any abilities but what they are the daredevils they are just insanely lucky they are able to pull off things using no apparent uh, extraordinary extraordinary ability or power that just should be impossible um, like they, they, they d- survive things that no one should be able. Ordinary, ordinary people should survive. They, they, they can, they can take shots like that, that are that are they're just on the other side of impossible with with whatnot. They're 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 capable of flying a plane better. They they tend to have a collection of very unique and very exceptional talents, and it's it's very hard to quantify them because it's it's like. He could be just that good or that lucky. There's nothing that you can put your pin on. And in each of these three types, um, even though the daredevils are the hardest to quantify, all of them are very unique and idiosyncratic from sort of a setting perspective. Mm-hmm. Because one may be one mesmerist, maybe think he's an actual magician mm-hmm. who does a magician's act, who thinks yeah. he's casting a fireball, where another one literally thinks he's got psychic powers mm-hmm. from his ancestors that he's channeling. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And where, it's it's kind of it's kind of a mage kind of deal of what you think you're doing kind of flavors what you are doing. Yeah. So even though you may have the same abilities um, uh, on, on your character sheet, you may do it in a different way and it manifests in a different way than someone who has the same dots on their page. Um, Now in general, uh, what the, the Aeon society uh, calls these types of people, they call them inspired. Yeah. They have inspiration. Which is what you were saying about Moxie, uh, and it kind of is now. Now, what it actually is is a combination of this is stuff that we find out in later games, uh, well, earlier games. It's confusing. Uh, is, earlier games, later, later time timeline. It's a combination of the stalwarts uh, are what one day will become Novas, uh, and they can manipulate quantum energy. In other words, they can mani- they can directly manipulate. The four fundamental forces of reality, the gravity, electromagnetism, strong and weak nuclear forces. Um, and they can basically do that by force majeure. Um, whereas the mesmerists will be known as the scions. And they they access the psi energy, which indirectly manipulates the it's all the other forces around them um, and, and whatnot. And the, the, the daredevils just sort of are sort of in between kind of. Doing a weird thing. I always viewed them as just humans plus. Yeah. Because they are just exceptional people. They're plugged in, but they don't... The world moves around them. They don't move the world. Right. More like the fundamental forces tend to get out of their way. Yeah, they tend, tend to get out of the way or slip them an ace when, when the, the universe is looking out for them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and so that is the basic setup of the game. Uh, and you play uh, you play one of these inspired individuals, a daredevil, a mesmerist, or a stalwart. Um, now the core, the game is set up with the idea of you could be a member of the Aeon Society. That's sort of the core assumption of the game. But it actually has 
for for a very small book, it has a lot of different factions, oh. like the Great International Detective Agency. Mm-hmm. They've got this really cool like fe- like female only heroes group. There's a like about a dozen different other organizations, some of which are friends with the Alien Society, some of which are antagonistic to the Alien Society, some that have like compatible or not so compatible goals. So it it's actually a fairly robust world. Which is funny because there's actually only one book for the adventure. Yeah. Well, they, they only, only published one book for adventure. There's no other setting books for it. They only, they only published one book. Uh, and they also published um, D20 versions of all of these. <laughs> of all of these game lines, they have a D20 version. I bet they were great. They are dog shit. Yeah, don't. don't uh, I the, don't advise. The, the system, I mean, I, like, I don't like D20 system, but I recognize that it's, it's good for what it is uh, and people enjoy it. They do not. This system and these settings do not fit together. It is a fine coat rack. Oh yes, very you can much put so. any kind of coat on that coat uh, rack. Well, the idea is if you've played these um, systems, um, and again, these go off the storyteller system, which is mm-hmm. basically the bare bones, exalted slash traditional white wolf yeah. system. If you played those and you try to do D twenty, they don't feel right and they don't fit right. You can play with them. They did an aberrant one, and mm-hmm. I think they did a Trinity one. They did all three of them. They did all three of them. You can play with them. More power to you. I wouldn't recommend it. Find yourself the PDFs of the originals. Play those. You'll have a better time. I so, promise. So yeah, the um, but yeah, no, and, but the original game, like you said, is a storyteller system, yep. uh, and it's the lowest power. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the stalwarts who are will be the novas one day. Um, they they are on they are. Stalwarts are a very, very low power of what Anovas can eventually do. It's fun. It's a very fun game. Yep. It uh, one of the other systems that it has that none of the other games do, which is what the system that's in Adventure that they are bringing into all of the other games uh, is called dramatic editing, uh, which you can spend some of your power points to basically say, ah, but I have a, I, I stashed a gun here. Yeah. Uh, like you, you can add little details. All our blades in the dark. All our blades in the, exactly like blades in the dark, uh, which we need to talk about blades in the dark one of these days. I have a oh, copy of it. It's really that, good. That, that was another deep dive we were going to do. I was going to have you because I know you bought a copy of it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like I've I've read the the system for it. I'm not really interested in the setting. Oh, okay. Uh, because I want just to use it to do Lock Lamora. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just it, better. It's like it's like yeah. All of this system is perfect for Lock Lamora. The setting. Oh yeah, that's nice. They have an interesting setting. The Gentleman Bastards is just, it's good. It's done, did it better. Did it better. <laughs> um, but something uh, going back to adventure that mm-hmm. you'll see, if you've looked at uh, Aberrant and Trinity and you are familiar with the setting and some of the societies and some of the NPCs that you'll see in the back of the book, you'll actually start going, hey, I've seen that name before. Yeah. Or I've seen that person before. Well, that seems awfully familiar. familiar. And then if you read back an adventure and you're looking through all these different organizations mm-hmm. and people that are there, mm-hmm. you'll realize that some of them either are the father, grandfathers, or grandparents mm-hmm. of those people, or those actual people yeah. are still alive in the future exactly. through one reason or because another. Because the, the Aeon Society... Um, grows and evolves uh it, it changes it is, it, and changes uh and but is a consistent organization throughout all of these three game lines it starts off very simple the very very clear or uh goal and message and as the world becomes more complicated it becomes more complicated some say it loses its way in some places uh, doesn't mercer disappear after a while Here's okay. So, well, this is more talking about the other game lines, but since Mercer is a bigger part of adventure 
uh, than he is of any of the other game lines. That is very I'll, true. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what's actually going on with Mercer. And this is not anything that's ever actually straight up said. Um, it's never, it's never just fleshed out. Here's what's going on. This has all been pieced together through bits and pieces and hints that are scattered throughout the game line. Um, Mercer, like, which, like you said, he got one of the, he was one of the two people that got the biggest doses of telluric energy. Yeah. A daredevil question mark. He became um, something. He became something, and Daredevil is the closest thing that matches. And basically what his abilities are, and no one else really has this ability other than certain high-level Novas, and even then they don't work quite this way, uh, he essentially becomes unstuck in time. Mm-hmm. He, he, he literally... He is... His consciousness and his body... Um, spans the various game lines going hundreds of years in the future so everyone who comments on well like he just seems to have this ironclad resolve and conviction about what needs to happen mm-hmm. and he has that because he's seen where the future but goes. his but his memory and his foreknowledge is not perfect it's not either. perfect he he when he goes forward or back in time which is it's never mentioned if he can go back farther than whenever the incident mm-hmm. happened the hammersmith incident the hammersmith incident yeah well, he can never go past that point but he can always go forward um he because and this is mm-hmm. getting into some of the other game lines but it's very important because you've got to remember adventure is the last game so it's actually the last little bit of we're showing you the last part of the mm-hmm. meta plot before the end, mm-hmm. where we're actually giving you the last pieces you yeah. need to put it all together. But that none, none of this is actually in the adventure book. All of all of the stuff because there's much more books for Aberrant and much more books right. for Trinity. But so you figure this out by putting this into context. Like there are things in some books where. Uh, you know, Maxwell Mercer, you know, old man, he retires. And he's sort yeah. of, no one never knows what happens Into, to him. And but then, then a guy who claims to be his son shows up at the Aeon Society. Yep. Looks awful like old Max. But but, but so a look, younger version but, of him. But a younger version of him just picks up where the old and man so left off. As, and Max disappears for periods of time and he's going into the future. But he's seeing a future that likely will be. That doesn't mean it's absolute. Mm-hmm. Because when he goes back in time, he can change. He will start changing things. Mm-hmm. And what there's a problem what he's seeing is the stalwarts, as between the time period of probably the late 30s and into the 40s, especially when the world wars mm-hmm. happen, people start forgetting and the great societies start yeah. breaking up and they start forgetting well they don't start forgetting what what really happens is all the weirdness that dies happens down. yeah all the weirdness dies down and the, and the, the 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 people with abilities they also start stop showing up um and the world kind of calms down mm-hmm. um which is interesting i mean it it and it it, it doesn't change until the early 2000s when something that happens when we'll talk about adventure yeah. and about Aberrant yeah. happens. Aberrant happens, but what what Maxwell Mercer does and part of the reason for his mm-hmm. uh, such his ironclad conviction is he's trying to prepare the world for what's going to happen in, after the in the latest parts of the Aberrant timeline mm-hmm. and the earliest parts of the Trinity, Trinity timeline start meeting each other is something called the Aberrant War, which is uh, a terrible conflict between very, very powerful beings, mm-hmm. um, which by the name, should give you some yeah. clues um 
they start confronting each other and Max is trying to prepare the world. The problem is Max doesn't get that intervening knowledge of what the world's like or what yeah. how his, the world's his, acting. His, his access to the future is very spotty and he's doing he basically doing the best, best he, he can. can. Now, another aspect of this setting cuz we talked about Mr. Michael Donegal. Um in the in in the book he is a part of the Aeon Society, uh, and he calls himself Doctor Primoris. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he actually, they actually refer tell you that he calls himself Doctor Primoris as a way of making fun of everyone else who starts calling themselves like "I'm Safari Jack" or "I'm yeah. Danger Ace." They all, they all oh, take on those weird monocles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Monikers. Old the, Big Dick Primoris. Old, old, old Big uh, Dick. You are not. You're not far off from that. But like Steeljaw. Something, <laughs> something uh, that gets revealed. Uh, in our later books, and it's kind of foreshadowed, uh, is that this period of time, this period of time when the world is crazy and whatnot, it pretty much goes up until the end of World War II. And by the time that that has come around, Dr. Primoris is calling himself Dr. Primoris and is, is, has, has bought into his own shtick. Yeah, he is oh, not ironic at all. He's not anymore. ironic at all. Uh, and he has... Him and and Max Mercer uh, and the Aeon Society in general have split ways. This is a very important lesson for all of you hipster fucks out there, mm-hmm. by the way. If you do something ironically long enough, you're just doing it. <laughs> yeah, also, if you like something ironically long enough, you, you actually just like, like it. it. Also, I mean, this also is not just for hipsters, but 4chan. 4chan, like all the racism and the Nazi shit, used to be ironic. Right. If you're and ironically a- racist, you actually are just racist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they split ways, and they never say exactly what happens. I'm but, a hipster fuck, by the way. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> they never say exactly what happens, but there's, they kind of imply that either, as a result of world like uh, the, the the manipulations of the inspired, it kind of in, they kind of indicate that Primorius was at least at some point involved with the Nazis. Um, which is really weird considering how kind of where he goes later on. Uh, I think he learns a lot he from probably that mistake. I really um, think he, he does. He probably does, but well, he learns a lot of lessons. They might not be the right lessons. <laughs> um, he, in his future incarnations, I will say at least he's not a goddamn Nazi. Yeah, uh, I will say that. Um, kind, uh, kind <laughs> uh, of. Take that back. Uh, we're we're gonna have a long conversation in Aberrant about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm 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 the guy who has the Magneto was right T-shirt, so um, we'll, we'll we'll talk about uh, that. And if if it isn't gotten, it will become clear in Aberrant. Max Will Mercer and. Uh, Don- it's Don- Michael Donegal, yeah. Donegal. They're kind of based off uh, Professor Xavier, Xavier and, and Magneto. Um, uh, and Magneto's uh, the setting, uh, personality. The setting section of the adventure book ends uh, with two letters, one from Donegal, one from Mercer, uh, to each other. Basically, one is in response to the other. And it's a very interesting set of letters because basically what Donegal is saying is he's looking towards the future and he's seeing that hey you know the great war it happened and he's seeing you know that shit's go shit's going off the rails again he's basically saying there's another great war coming i see it you see it we as inspired we have an obligation to humanity as the higher evolutionaries Mm -hmm. to step in and stop this from happening right to to essentially say to to assert our control over over our lesser evolved brethren right for their own good and that's donegal to that's donegal to, to mercer mercer and mercer responds to him basically saying like dude chill yes 
this war is probably coming. You're not wrong. Even if it does come, there can be silver lining out of it. They might, they might learn. This might be the war that, that, that teaches them. To end all wars. To, to end all, well, it doesn't, not the war to end all wars necessarily. Cause he knows that's not true. But it is the war that is the last world war for a while, uh, where, you know, we use, you know, it, it's the one where we get the Geneva Conventions mm-hmm. after we're after it, which say what, like World War Two is a terrible thing, but we did get the Geneva Conventions. After I mean, it. a lot of a lot of the things that are forbidden, like mm-hmm. are still forbidden. Like, yeah, they're still forbidden I, and they're not common. Yeah, it's like, well, Hitler used cyanide gas, so guns. I'm like, no, no they, they've outlawed the use of cyanide gas. No one uses that except for those those despots, and we depose them. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's loons, yeah. like literally, and, like, and they, oh, and, you use that, you're a complete loon, and you shouldn't use those. And Mercer ends the letter uh, with basically saying, like. You know, my friend Michael, I foresee a day in the future, and I pray for your sake that it won't happen, where you, as powerful and as smart as you are, will hold humanity's future in your hands. And I and I hope that if that day comes, that you you show the compassion and the wisdom. Well, the compassion that you're showing here may be more wisdom than you're showing here, and. That does come to pass. Uh, there is a day when when uh, when Michael, uh, in in another name, which we'll talk about later, does hold the fate of humanity in his hands, uh, and he does make a choice. Yes, uh, and it it's. I say he made the right choice when that time comes, um, and because the Trinity universe never really reached its conclusion, we never know whether he had that choice again. Yep. Uh, but uh, another thing that. Uh, is never mentioned here in adventure, but is revealed uh, in later books, specifically in aberrant books, uh, is a part of this dynamic between Mercer and Donegal that underlies it is that it is later revealed that uh, Donegal is a gay character. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is heavily implied that his feelings for Max Mercer are more than just platonic. Yeah, but and I believe that, they only ever had a platonic relationship. And, 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 but Mercer did not. Mercer didn't reciprocate his feelings. Right. Um, so that's an interesting sort of unrequited romantic <laughs> tension between them. There's and, a story for the end for the Abbott podcast. Yeah, that's the, hilarious. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go into it. But I mean, he's got arms. Yeah, he does have arms. <laughs> uh, and that that sort of, to my knowledge, one of the first like role playing games that had homosexual uh, characters involved and, mm-hmm. ha- and had had that be a part of the story and not in a stupid way. At the dead center, really. Yeah, at the dead center. I mean, it, it was... it was Actually, it was more just an attribute of the character. Yeah, it was, he, him, But it he, wasn't the defining aspect of the character. It, it was basically like, oh, also, he's gay. Yeah, he's also <laughs> he's also gay, and, you know, that's just a thing. It does. He's not, he's not the way he is because he's gay, but it does inform certain decisions and certain dynamics. Mm-hmm. So, and Trinity was... Trinity Universe was always very progressive in that terms. Like even in the aberrant era, they they have things about like homosexuality, racial diversity, and in the Trinity era, it's even more progressive. Yes, uh, because it takes kind of the, the Star Trek idea of well, it's the future, and we grow out of some shit. And we have encounters with alien races, and, we have, yeah. and gene tech, and a whole bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. happen, and. We've got psionic powers and cool Bioware. It's awesome. Why do we really care about race? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, in in and so for adventure, it's a really fun romp, 
uh, for being just a one and done book. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun, especially what I like about adventure. And it was the smartest for being the last book, mm-hmm. because if you know, and just the nature of when it was published, if you know a lot about the Trinity and Aberrant settings, and then you go back and play the adventure setting, you can literally play a very, not a generational game, but a very historical mm-hmm. uh, sort of, um, you, you can, you can make adventure characters play that game for a while then make aberrant characters, characters that have some relation to them. You can play a very long-term right. like game. And some of the cool things that the system did, um, like I said, it had the inspiration system, which everything ran off the same power tra- power track, even though there were differences in, in scale, which I'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot of adventure, specifically, in the new story path yeah, system. Yeah, well, I, I because think it, we'll take it, the most bones from that. Well, because Adventure was the book that dealt with the various scales of power, mm-hmm. explicitly. Trinity and Aberrant ran off the same engine, but didn't handle the, the, the scale issue very well. Uh, there was some some later on, they did some, here's how you use these rules in this context yeah, kind of thing. They, in Trinity, really- they said, hey, we have the Aberrant book now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Here, if you want to use the Aberrant book, you can in the Trinity setting, but this is how you play basically an Aberrant in the Trinity setting mm-hmm. with these modified rules. Yeah. And it was it was interesting. So you can do that. It also, another th- cool thing that ha- Adventure had uh, was because it wasn't all just about cool powers. It was about weird gadgets. Yeah. And they actually had a very, very robust gadgetry uh, system. Uh, I don't think you could do a full Iron Man. You could basically do a full Iron Man. Could you? you okay. You, I mean, you could do pulp era Iron Man. Uh, and one of the games that I've, of adventure that oh, I played. He's called the Rocketeer, guys. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, I apologize. Um, <laughs> in one of my, he was a guy. Uh, There's yeah. a movie. <laughs> in one of the games that I played in, uh, another uh, someone's uh, someone's character had very few powers in in and of itself because you c- you could spend your character creation points on gadgets. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very cool point by system uh, that that it was used off of. And he, he himself had very few powers. He had like some like super engineering powers and whatnot, so that he could make more stuff. But the majority of his character points went towards a creation that he called the Z Machine, which was this transforming like car submarine plane <laughs> uh, that that it was how we got around. Ah, the quest mo- the quest mobile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was the quest mobile. It was this it was this utterly fantastic mode of mode of transportation which which meant that that game was a very globe trotting game because we had access to a fantastical you, you had the z machine what we you had the z me? machine friends to the z machine we must stop dr zorbo yeah and and also what's really cool if <laughs> to in, the mountains of nepal yeah, exactly, and you could, exactly and you could play a very globe trotting game or you can play a very small street level game mm-hmm. by going we have to protect this city, just like mm-hmm. the shadow. Yeah, like you could play just pulpy daredevils and stalwarts mm-hmm. who are like, we've got to bust up this crime ring um, or something like that. You could so be that- Batman. You could be Batman. Yeah, you, you could be, be, be pulpy Batman. Yeah, and just you know, it's called the Shadow Guys. Just, just yeah. the Shadow. Yeah, but just anyway, shadow. It, it's a very good game for that sort of Indiana Jones. Uh, yep. like thing, and it's actually a really good system for that type of of role play. And they yeah. are they really yep. are releasing the new ones, right? They are releasing the new ones. I yep. know I've been in interviews with people yeah. directly involved with this, <laughs> yeah. and they have said that. Yeah, I just they, don't remember right their now. Their plans are uh, to release Trinity. They're doing a core book and and setting books. So all three of these games, and I think they're even planning on doing a fourth game, um, uh, are going to use the same core book. 
So any disparity between the systems is going to be wiped away. And so it's all probably gonna... you'll be able to play all three types mm-hmm. or anything you need to do in the system will probably be in the main book. I don't think that's true. Okay. I, I think I think because generally what they're going to, I think it, this is, I don't know for certain. This and, is speculation. And, this is speculation. I think that you'll be able to play Daredevils in the main book. That'd be the easiest. Which they co- they have different names in different eras, like Paramorph is what they kind of call them in, in, in the yeah. future. Oh, and that's another thing, because this goes between all three games. Each era, they all three exist, but at different uh, amounts. Yeah, different amounts, different power levels, and sometimes they're, they're, they're hidden, sometimes they're a little more, they're, obvious. They're a little more obvious. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's a very unified system. It's a very unified setting. Uh, it... it, it it knows it is aware of the other games in a in a very good way, uh, so yeah, the core book will probably let you play Daredevils. Uh, I believe that core book has its own setting, which is sort of modern day. Um, Interesting, and it has a bunch of like affiliations and whatnot. Um, and then the Trinity universe. Then at the same time, the Trinity source book will come out, which will allow you to play Scions. And you mean all like that. the Aeon? Probably Aeon, Aeon, the Aeon, the Aeon, the Aeon it's era. It's going to be called Aeon, Aeon Era, which is the far future. Then they're going to release the Aberrant, which who knows when in time that's going to be set, because in the timeline of the old Trinity Universe games, we're well past yeah. End Day, which was the day when the, the Novas showed up uh, and everyone started getting superpowers. Uh, so we're well past that. Like it happened in the early 2000s. Yeah, 1999 is when it. No, no, oh. you're wrong. It was early 2000. I believe it was 2012. Was it 2000? Uh, End day, I believe was. <laughs> I believe End day was 2012. It might have been Man, a little earlier. I didn't even get superpowers. No, it was 2008. It was 2008. I super didn't get superpowers. But anyway, we'll talk more about that when we talk about Aberrant, which will be another episode from now. But yeah, it's a real fun setting. It's a real good system. Um, I'm looking forward to the new update. Like I said, we're not sure how much they're going to change the setting um, or update the setting. I'm pretty much okay with them updating it. I love it. I love it for what it is. I mean, timelines have to be yeah, rearranged. Yeah, timelines have to be rearranged and whatnot. Matthew's looking it up right now, and I want to make sure I'm right. Uh, 1998, uh, the Galactica explodes. Is it 1998? Yeah, 1998 is when Holy the Galactica shit. explodes. Oh, Nova's emerge in March and April of that year. Um, so yeah, I thought it was 2008. No, no, no the setting, the, the setting starts in 2008. Yes. The setting, the setting start date is 2008. Which the, is weird because the far future of 2008. Uh, yeah, actually 2017 because some of the, uh, the most books that were made were for Trinity. The next most were for Aberrant and they actually went as far as I think 2014. They couldn't have seen this shit coming. Um, no, no, no there were some like they had to make some interesting predictions about how the world was going to work. Yeah, it, it, it's it didn't quite work out that way. No. Well, um, I mean, what part of I mean, okay, so you have to remember 1999, which is when 1998. 98. Because 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 Aberrant came out in 98 in 99. Right, but that doesn't mean. That. Oh yeah, okay. I guess they weren't they weren't looking for looking. Well, they were just writing stuff for the future, man. Remember, once you get superheroes, the entire timeline changes. That's true. Uh, So the big environmental thing was the hole in the ozone layer. Yep. So, like, that was the big thing that happened. Yeah. Like, Nova's fixed the ozone. We'll talk about that more later. Yeah, but... Um, Adventure's where it all started, at least chronologically speaking. Um, 
and then uh, we'll we'll move into Aberrant and Trinity in future episodes. Yeah, um, but it may not, it may or may not be the next episode. We'll see. It all depends on what our schedule is like and what we feel like doing. And if you guys are digging it, I mean, um, that's if important. you guys are digging it, please give us feedback at polyhedronpodcast at gmail dot com or uh, at Twitter at polyhedroncast. Um, but uh, it is absolutely one of my favorite game lines ever. It sounds um, neat. It is very neat. Oh, you haven't all even the, hit the interesting part. All yet. the games are very cool. It's very intricate. But at the same time, the world, the world that they present, even though they have a meta plot, are big. There's enough room for you to do whatever the fuck you want in any of them. Yep. So you don't have to be involved in the meta plot at all. You can be involved in it in a tangential way. Um, Aberrant and Trinity had adventure books that were very meta plot heavy that basically just put you and your group right into the middle of things. Yeah. Uh, and and you you surfed the meta plot wave when you played those adventure books, uh, and those were fun as hell. Um, really well done. Uh, and also, but also because Adventure only had one book and it was the last book, Aberrant and Trinity are the most closely connected to each other mm-hmm. and sort of bounce back and forth. Kind of, yeah. Adventure obviously doesn't. It it sort of just answers a few questions. That it answers you, a few questions. It puts so, the last few pieces yeah, that you it, needed. Yeah, it shows you how it all started. Um, it's the it, prequel you actually wanted. Yeah, that, yeah. It, really it really is. Um and so I think that's a good closer. Thank you very much Scott for that uh very good uh deep dive into adventure. He's just um, been want, he's been needing to talk about it. He just needed to tell the oh, people. Oh dude, dude, now that now I want to talk about Aberrant because oh, I love Aberrant. Aberrant's mine. Aberrant's the uh, one I really love. I ran for a number of years a play by email campaign of Aberrant. I was a part uh, and, of, and Matthew was a player in it, uh, and it 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 went well, and and uh, oh, trust I, me, I'm going to tie you to a goddamn chair when we get the Trinity Continuum books, so you can run it again, even if they're not the same characters. I want you to run another aberrant game. Uh, don't worry, I will. <laughs> uh, Yay! I, when Trinity comes out, I'm deaf. Like uh, Trinity, I I don't care how it happens. I'm we're putting a play, play a table together. We're, we're doing a streaming game. Yeah, absolutely. Of Trinity. I'll make that happen. Yeah, I will run the shit out of it. Okay. It's really <laughs> fun. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's. It's very it, it 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 has a lot of Star Wars in it. It has a lot of Star Trek in it. Yeah. It has a lot of that really good foundational sci-fi. It's got a lot, little bit of cyberpunk thrown in there. Um, it's really good shit. Yeah, it's got a nice grounding. What I like about Trinity and Aberrant, it's got a nice grounding in reality. It really tries to base itself in reality. Yeah. Which gives it that nice pillar of realism that I'm like, okay, this makes a measure of sense. Which is kind of, you know, it's it's why I like Marvel over DC because Marvel, Marvel has the superheroes, but they have real world problems kind of thing. Mm. And that's why I think the Trinity universe, Aberrant is a much more of a Marvel uh, analog than it is a DC analog. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, we'll go over that when we get to the Aberrant one. So, uh, where can people find you on the Interbuts? I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S, on the Twitters. And I am at Divis Mulcav, and that will make sense after we go through the next episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, it will. <laughs> yeah, it will. Um, especially when you connect the World of Darkness reference. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I am at Bioimportance. As I said, you can find us also at PolyhedronCast uh, on Twitter. Um, Don't feed- hug the tweets, Matt. Yeah, I know. The, the, the Twitters, the tweets, whatever. The bird noises. There's only so many of them, right? Bird noises. You get a limited, ah. you get a limited number? Oh, right. God. Uh, also, um, if you really like the episode, um, please give us five-star reviews, five thumbs up, whatever your podcatcher does for reviewing. 
give us all of the things so that we can be, get more visible. And if you really like the episode, you really want to get show us support, just like Chris Tang has done. <laughs> hey. So I figured out how we get more patrons. You have to come on the show. Just keep yeah. getting, <laughs> just keep getting industry people to give us money. <laughs> it lends legitimacy. <laughs> just you, once you get on the show, that that makes you a patron, and eventually you feel you slightly patron. guilty that you haven't given us a dollar. <laughs> so, thank you very much, Chris Tang, for becoming a patron. Thanks, uh, Chris. We appreciate the money. We appreciate the support. It's going to really help us move. We're self-sustaining forward. now. Yay! And there's more foam on the walls. There's more foam on the walls. Yes, and oh. we are definitely self-sustaining. I can support the website. I can support some of the some of the very bare minimums backbone stuff that I need. Just if we keep the level of patronage I have right now, I can do it. That means any money I get beyond this can really start. I can save money for upgrading equipment and making equipment transportable so that i can go mobile we're gonna twitch stream god damn yeah you're gonna twitch stream oh my god um um so go to patreon.com slash polyhedron and become a patron today we soon ish you will be able to hear us talk about star wars the last jedi oh boy and you'll and you'll get the feed of us doing uh shadow run anarchy Super rad. It's going to be fucking cool. Yeah. It's a fun game. I can't I'm wait to do it I'm very excited to get it. Trust yeah. me, you will know when that gun goes on the Patreon because we're going to do an episode about Shadowrun before that one goes out. So you have at least the bare bones basics. We're, we're going to do our, another one of these deep dives into Shadowrun itself. Uh, we're um, hoping to have James on to help us out with that so he can great. get a nice uh, under, deep understanding mm-hmm. of such a, such a diverse setting because that goes for that setting goes for forever and for a baseline go watch the movie bright with will smith yeah. coming up. i'm gonna watch that this weekend i kind of may do that for patreon content where we can like oh my like, god it looks it so something. good it's not a bad idea i think <laughs> i feel like we're gonna have opinions about it <laughs> probably will damn orcs <laughs> knife ears so so actually when i learn more about bright elves are on the highest society of course, of they course are. humans they are, are in the middle and orcs okay. are on the bottom of society. i mean that's shatterun that's just yeah. <laughs> anyway anyways Everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice.